Hello, my name is Amin, and today I want to tell you the story of a young man named Obakeng. Obakeng is working on a mobile app that allows peer-to-peer -peer lending of goods. But first, let's take a step back and start from the beginning. Let me take you to South Africa, where he lives. Hello, Obakeng. How are you? Very well, thanks. And yourself? How do you pronounce your name? Amin. Amin. Okay. And yours? Obakeng, as you said, perfectly. I like that Obakeng from the get-go asked me how I pronounce my name. His name being Obakeng and my name being Amin, I feel like we already connect on something we have in common. The thing being that our names probably get mispronounced very often. <laughs> I asked Obakeng if he could explain his app to me, and this is what he said. It's an online marketplace that makes it possible and easy for people to lend items to people near them. So lend their personal assets. Hmm. An app that allows you to lend out your personal assets or borrow the assets of someone else nearby. That sounds like something I would use. So let's just say you're doing a DIY project and you don't have a drill. You know, you maybe put trying to put up a shelf, but you don't have a drill. It could cost you about 300 euros to go to the shop and buy a drill if you don't have one. Yeah. But well, it doesn't make sense to go buy a drill if you only need to use it for one day, maybe one once a year. So mm -hmm. you could actually go on my platform and find people near you who have a drill, maybe a neighbor, and just rent it out from them for maybe like, you know, 20 euros or 15 euros. So it's, it's just a way of saving uh, money and allowing for people not to be buying unnecessary items that they, will use, they won't use much. Hmm, interesting. Just as he's explaining this, I'm thinking of all the tools and objects that I have in my garage and in my house that might be valuable, but I'm not really using them. So I don't really extract the value from the objects. Or maybe I do, but like once or twice a year. So yeah, I can definitely see the value in it. Imagine I open the app and I see a map with all the tools and other things around me, nearby, my house. And I can also list my tools and borrow or rent it out to others. And I, I just a lot of people can't afford a lot of things mm -hmm. so in different parts of the world. So it just makes it affordable to, for people to use things. And also on the other side, it just makes it possible for the person with the drill who also uses it once a year yeah. to make money from it. Um, <laughs> they can make a passive income lending out his drills and other tools. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's, yeah. Just, it's not exclusively for, for tools. Mm -hmm. It's just a platform for, you know, centralizing. Uh, the ultimate mission is to centralize the world's idle assets. Oh, know? yeah. Idle assets. I, I love that term. Did you make that up or does that exist? It exists. It ah, exists. okay. Yeah, that's a <laughs> but, cool term. Yeah. I love to learn about new words and definitions. I had never heard of idle assets before, but now that I heard it for the first time, I feel like I immediately understand what it means. It just clicks in my brain. First, Awakang, I'd like to ask you, what made you want to join Y Combinator in the first place? I think with Y Combinator, they offer an opportunity that not too many accelerators or incubators in my area offer you know you can actually go to silicon valley 
and you can spend time there. You can network with other founders. You also get talks with people who've previously been um, at Y Combinator and have started large companies. Mm-hmm. Um, you can actually have talks with people who've made it. More than anything, I mean, you know, you look at Y Combinator's track record. Um, they have to be doing something right, you know. Will help me take it to the next level, you know. If you're lucky enough to get into YC, it doesn't guarantee that your company will be a success, of course. But you can be pretty sure that at the very least, you'll learn a lot and connect with people who are also into building things, just like you are. By the way, I forgot to ask you, uh, what is the name of your company? And also, does it have a website? I can link back to it if you want. Um, it's called Neighborly. It doesn't yet have a, a website. I'm still actually developing the app. Mm-hmm. Um, Oba Kang is currently working on the app by himself. Building something successful is never easy, and doing it all by yourself is even harder. And since Oba Kang is located in South Africa, not Silicon Valley or some other tech hotspot, it might be even harder. I wanted to actually initially start out in a place like you know San Francisco mm-hmm. um, or New York. To actually test out the MVP and grow the business, I don't know if growing the business here in South Africa would be the best route in terms of um, starting my business. You know, mm, why not? not? I don't have an option right now, but to do that, so that's what I'm doing. <laughs> oh yeah, Silicon Valley is full of people who have devoted their whole lives to startups and technology. So I would much rather have a network of 100 friends in the valley than to have a network of 100 friends from some tiny town in, say, Uzbekistan or New Zealand. Not that there is anything wrong with people from Uzbekistan or New Zealand, but amongst the 100 friends that you can make in the valley, one of them might know an investor. Another one might work for TechCrunch and can write an article about your new app. So the effects of such connections can be priceless and very valuable. Why wouldn't South Africa be, because that's where you live, right? That's where, what you're, where you're familiar with. Why wouldn't South Africa be a good option to start there? I think, you know, there's, there's a reason why uh, most of the top companies come from one place. You look at the companies that come out of the USA, um, you look at, in particular, a place like Silicon Valley. All of the world's largest companies come from majority let me just say not all come from one place and there's a reason for that just to increase my chances of success Mm -hmm. i'd like to be part of that silicon valley network it just increases my chances of success not that i won't be successful if i start in south africa Mm -hmm. just uh, to increase my chances i think it makes total sense for oberking to want to launch his app in san francisco After all, that seems to be the hotspot. The whole world has their eyes on whatever new technology this tiny area is releasing. It's so important that people have a bit of a following and a network of of, uh, friends, you know. I see sometimes someone makes a really cool web app, but he's like some nobody from Yugoslavia, you know, and then no one cares. And then some rich billionaire creates some shit app, but he lives in San Francisco and all, all his friends are influencers and have a million billion Twitter followers. Then, his yeah. shit app becomes big because all his friends are influencers and they all have a big following. Wait, hold up. I was really exaggerating a lot in that last snippet of my conversation with Obakeng. 
Although there might be some truth to it, I don't really believe that a shitty app released by some powerful billionaire would go anywhere. People use apps selfishly. If they get value from it, they'll come back, and if not, they won't. Jack Dorsey said that success is never accidental. Before any company becomes successful, there is always a team of people who are sweating away the details and making tiny changes to increase the chances of their project becoming a success. And something that might seem simple is often the result of hundreds of small iterations. So in all honesty, I would much rather bet on someone from Yugoslavia who is making something truly awesome than on some influential tech billionaire who is making a shit app. However, for the dude from Yugoslavia, it is absolutely vital that he has a small following of people that he can release the app to, who can try it, who can give him feedback so he can build further on it. And maybe if they really like it, they can share it with their friends. But if he releases an app to an audience of zero, well, his users will be zero and his results will be zero as well. He would have to resort to very spammy ways to try to get the initial user base. That would be much harder. It's still definitely possible, but it would be much harder without even a small audience. When you got rejected by YC, do you have anything in mind that could have caused the rejection? I think um, it was mainly two things. I think it was uh, me not reaching my my goal of an MVP of the mobile app, because that's the goal that I set. Ultimately, I, I, I did do the website. I'm just assuming, because, you know, you, we got that those emails, but they didn't say why. So I'm just assuming that well, that's, that might have been the first reason. And the second reason is my t- that I didn't have um, a team um, and I was just solo. I was a solo founder. Yeah. And, and they, don't have, they don't really have a problem with solo founders, but it's just the fact mm-hmm. that I have no coding or extensive coding experience and I'm just like a beginner programmer. And secondly... Yeah. The, the insurance side of the business um, I don't I don't have understanding I'm not an actuary I don't have the understanding of that side you know yeah so it was just those two those two things that I suspect over 8,000 people applied in the last batch of Y Combinator so it's understandable that YC doesn't send everyone they rejected a custom email explaining why that would just take too much time But I went on to YC's own website, where they explained that there is often literally nothing bad about the applications they reject. It's simply that they get so many applications that they have to filter out the particularly attractive ones. This leaves YC having to reject otherwise pretty good applications. So don't take it too hard. Like next time I apply, like later this year when I apply, Mm -hmm. I will definitely already have an MVP. I may already have a partner or a co-founder. And I think I'll have initial users. You've been listening to Rejected by Y Combinator, a podcast that dives into the stories of people and their projects that didn't get into YC, but are nonetheless doing cool things. I'm your host, Amin. And if you want more information about this podcast or about me, just go to rejectedbyycombinator.com, where you'll be able to listen to more episodes or follow me on Twitter. Keep building new things and have a great day.